Welcome back to Never Settle. Today I have a dear friend, Nati Toro. She is a phenomenal chef. That's not the meat of the conversation or the vegan meat that we're talking about in today's combo, though. First, I want to welcome Nati. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah, for having me. And it's such a pleasure to be talking about this particular subject for you and I. It's personal, so it's fun. Exactamente. Before we get into today's episode, I want to first give a thank you and shout out to Zencaster, our sponsor of today's show. Zencaster is the chosen platform that I'm hosting this podcast on, which has made it easy for me to host this podcast from anywhere in the world and takes a lot of the guesswork out of it. Stay tuned for more in today's episode. Estás en España ahora, no? Exactamente. En España, en Madrid. Loving in it. One of my favorite cities right now in Madrid. Oh. Well, thank you for chiming in. So, the, yeah, the, the highlight and subject tastes a little like <laughs> insider. We're chatting as friends and support. We've been there for each other through some ups and downs and all arounds. And I remember there were some conversations where I'm literally on my bedroom floor, my back against the bed. I have tissues in one hand and I have Nathy in both ears. So there's... We've been there. We've been there. <laughs> we have. We have. Do we need to stay friends with the exes and the ghosts of the past? You know, we started this conversation. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. we got to do this on a podcast because I know we're not the only ones. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it is a very tough question. And I know we discussed it a bit. And to me, oof, I want to say... A, like a super solid no. However, I think there's like a gray area for me, at least, that I have been able to stay friends or acquaintances with like maybe one or two out of my past relationships. And I've noticed there is a trend of the people that you cannot stay friends with, at least in my case. Um, and it's been people that are what you mentioned the other day, and I wrote it down, that are not self-aware, it's like impossible to stay friends with, in my case. Uh, and I'm sure for you has been as well. And I think I'm not blaming one or the other because it's completely each one to their own reality and whatever they're going through. But for me, staying friends with somebody that is manipulative or has a bit of narcissistic tendencies, then it's a, like a solid no. High conflict individuals, <laughs> as we're <laughs> suggested to describe in court. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been there. We're, we're, we're both laughing through that one. because We're like, we know what we yeah. can or cannot say because it could yes. be used against you in the World Wide Web. The, you know, the, the part that you mentioned that there are gray areas, some we do, if they're healthy or not. To back this conversation up, we actually initially met because you knew my first ex-husband, Marco, which yes. I'll give a shout out to because he <laughs> is a wonderful human and soul. And I actually give a lot of credit to him and my book and everything. That's how we first met. And him and I have remained very good friends over the years, you know, not just because of Pepina the Puggle, but because there's there's a healthiness to that. And in those situations, 
I, you know, I, I couldn't imagine not being friends with such a good person, you know, when there's a healthy severance. But on the flip side, like you said, if there is a high conflict individual or, you know, part of to, to unwrap that too, it's people who are blaming, who are, like you said, manipulative. And there's also a part to recognize there's two sides to every coin because there's also things that perhaps you and I know myself were doing to fuel that as well. You know, I'm like diehard. We can make this work. I'm going to persevere yeah. through. But at a certain yeah. point, it's like you become the thread that's holding things together at what cost, you know? At what cost? Absolutely. I agree. And yeah, as you said, I think um, some relationships are definitely healthier to to stay. It's like friends, like any type of relationship, right? Uh, there's some friends that you keep for longer than others. And I think when you have shared that much level of intimacy with somebody and they take that against you for whatever reason, then that's when it becomes, whether it is out of fear, because again, not judging or blaming, but out of fear, people do crazy things. And when that becomes a pattern and, and as you said, like trying to keep it all together and holding it, is it really necessary to stay friends and losing yourself in the process of staying connected to somebody that only really drains your energy and it doesn't really add on to more than just like, I don't know, keeping you in that hamster wheel of the loop of like, okay, should I, should I leave? Should I stay? Should I leave? Should I stay? So it's like, no, like it's a solid no for me. Uh, and I've learned the hard way. I mean, as you know, you never met my my husband, my ex-husband, but yeah, no way. No way, Jose. I'm staying friends with him. Um, you mentioned Jose and J names, so I'll leave that part out <laughs> of. <laughs> I'm trying hard not to laugh. It's so true. <laughs> Inside jokes behind, but you can take it for what it is. You know, it's, um, there's, you bring up a good point too. It's not just romantic relationships. It is friendships. Yeah. It is business relationships. They are people that, you know, you have crossed paths. It's family, you know, oftentimes it can be family that you need to sever ties with. And there's a bit of conditioning as well. Cause I'm all about, and I know you are as well. We, we take it back to ourselves and we're like, did I do something? You know, what did I do? And it took me years to recognize, you know, sometimes, Sarah, it ain't your stuff. Like, just work on it, do what you can, and control what you can, but then let go of the rest, because not everything is, is ours to hold. And a part of that conditioning comes from childhood. A good part of that conditioning comes from childhood. We just did a podcast yep. on that, um, an imposter syndrome and growing up like that. So there's also how do we relearn a lot of those habits and, you know, that <laughs> we're, we're making light, but it's really, you know, there's, there's a lot of depth and there's a lot of pain and um, at what cost is a, a really important part that you brought up about too, you know, I, I, to keep this on a, a trajectory because you and I can go off in a lot of different directions, but <laughs> At what cost do you really sit back and say, like, this isn't worth it anymore? What was your moment that you thought this isn't worth it? Um, I think when I look, I mean, in different stages, but like I'll, I'll speak from, from the longest relationship I had, which was a little over 10, 12 years. And I realized 
I don't recognize myself in the mirror anymore. I don't really know who I am. And it, again, no, not blaming that person because obviously the responsibility is on me. But when I realized that that was the turning point for me, like I'm going to continue on this path and I'm going to completely lose myself and completely lose who I am and my identity uh, just to stay in one relationship that is, as how I like to put it is, regardless of how it ended, we're two good people hurting each other. So at the end of the day, is it really worth to continue hurting each other and hurting ourselves? You know, as we've spoken many times, like obviously we're mirrors for, for people that are around us and the relationships that we have around us. But sometimes it's not just we are a mirror to them, but we also have to be a mirror for ourselves. And I think that to me was the point that I was like, oh my God, I need to stop. I need to either this relationship takes like 180 or... I'm out. And th those were the only two options and since trying to navigate through the trying to get to the 180 never really happened. I was like, well, I, I guess it's best to part ways and, and leave it at that. And that to me was the most empowering, scariest, uh, bold movement I've ever done in my entire life. Let me take a little break here. You've noticed I've been doing a lot more podcasting lately. And it's not that I've had more time. It's that Zencaster has made it a lot easier to record high-quality video, high-quality audio. They even have post-production services right within their platform and software. It comes out a lot easier, faster, cleaner, so I can do what it is that I'm really good at, and that's connecting with you, the listener, and the audience who wants to chime in what it is to never settle. And on to top it off, I move across, you know, the US and move to New York. And then I moved to Spain without anything or anybody. And it was like, what am I doing here? Uh, so yeah, I think that was for me, like the, the spark that it was like, okay, time to take ownership of my life and navigate this boat on my own and feel like everything that it's happening. And how to work it well, yeah, for myself. There's, you, you say something very honest as well and that it, it's scary, but it's also exciting, I think were the words that you shared. And it's that mix of emotion that kind of causes, is this right? Is this not? But then when you start to, I don't know, and, and I'll speak for myself, it's when you start to veer more towards this is the right path to, to boat my way out as you, you shared, you know, it's, you you almost have to set your mind in that direction of this is what I'm doing. I'm going to move forward with it. Otherwise, I think you can talk yourself in either direction. And we did that for yeah. so long. We can rationalize. Our brain will rationalize in either way to make sense of. And that's where, to me, it became about, I got to close this loop because this is the same, this is exactly what the short film that I'm doing is based on. It's like, I think the, the intro is you go around and around and around and around until it's like the existential carousel until the only option is to get off if only to save your own life. And at the end of the day, you know, that's dramatic because I'm a writer and it's a short <laughs> film, but it really is because if you're just expending energy into an empty well, which is something that's not working, you end Absolutely. up drained, you know? Was there a specific moment that stood out for you that you said, like, this This is it? This is, I'm done? 
Um, I think there were a lot of, uh, I don't know, flags, I guess, um, that I just kind of like, you know, brush under the, the rug and just kind of like let it be and settle it there for now as, you know, a good Latino woman and like, I'm supposed to be doing this and, you know, you're supposed to be submissive and you're supposed to do all these like, I don't know, societal things in this society I grew up in. And to get out of that, it was like, it, it, it felt and it looked like impossible. Mm. It felt like you said, like, I have to keep pouring myself forever and ever. Um, and so one of the things that basically got me to move away from that was um, we were having like little fights about silly things and they kept, like they kept progressing and getting giving us more distance between each other. So uh, I don't know. There was a time that he got upset for X, Y, and Z, and then we didn't speak for three weeks. And it was like, we live in the same house and you're not speaking to me for three weeks out of like sneakers that I bought. Like, is this rational? And obviously there was a deeper wound that was never spoken of or dealt with that by the time we tried to fix it, it was already too late because I was already out. Um, so yeah, little things like that up to the point that it got to three months of not speaking. And I was like, I need to leave. This is not safe. This is not healthy. This is very toxic. And, but again, it was against everything I grew up and believed in. So I had to kind of figure a way to stay in it. Um, until the point that I was like, I, I can't. So yeah, the, uh, tough. The words, the words that, sorry to, not to cut you <clears> off, <throat> my love, but just to, to emphasize, you said, is this rational? And that's a big part of what we were sharing with these tendency-ish humans, um, high conflict. It's often not rational. You know, three weeks over, you know, I don't know the full story, but in a simplified manner, it's like three weeks to not speak because of anything aside from, you know, you talk through. It's like communication is the biggest thing. It's like not stonewalling. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And not like living in the same house and passing each other and like, hi. Awkward, no? <laughs> nothing. And you're like, well, like where do I hide? Like, thank goodness we <laughs> live in, in Spain because it's like, like apartments are very small. But, tiny, yeah. Yes. But it's still like, it was, you know, having to go through even like family events and like, we are not speaking. We haven't spoken for a month and we're right. going to this thing. Like how uncomfortable does that feel? And like, you have to like, kind of like pretend. And it's like, for at what cost am I pretending to be something that we're not? And, um, yeah. And again, the full story was just like a lot of wounds and a lot of societal, like baggage that we kept and not to his fault or mine. We just kind of like, all right, we have to keep going in this direction because this is what we're supposed to be doing to realize, like, at least for me, that's definitely not what I want. No way. <laughs> that's the, no that's way. the, the, <laughs> I'll segue this into exactly what I was going to share too, is this is not what I want. You know, I remember there was a point I was in Portugal and I went to the, we were in Port the Portugal airport and I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, I don't know what's happening, 
but I took a picture of myself and I said, I'm going to remember this moment forever. And I know this is the moment of no return. I'm done. And if I look back, I still have the photo. I do not have a ring on. I can see the look in my eyes. It's despair. I'm like half a ghost. Uh, I hadn't slept for the whole, I would say like maybe two hours of sleep each night. They were there. But there's those moments, you know, that will always be imprinted in me. I know what that feeling is. And then the, the last part that you were sharing of um, having to pretend, you know, joke, no joke. It's like I've been acting my whole life, give or take, in yeah. different manners. But where I really got a crash course in acting, it was like in the past couple of years because <laughs> you, you learn to pretend, you know, especially if yeah. you're on <clears> – <throat> I look back at some of the, the footage. I was doing that the other day, deleting things. And I'm like, I see the look in my face and I don't lie through my eyes. I can act, but I don't lie through my eyes. And I can tell there's moments where I'm like, what the heck are you saying? Because that's not the truth. <laughs> it's like, oh, Sarah. Yeah. But it's so true because it's, you have to put on, you don't have to, but it's like we chose to put on a different persona than what was really going on in the inside. And it's it's hard to break away from that, like you said, societal and cultural conditionings to yeah, – but you can figure it out. Every, every marriage has issues. <laughs> Great. Good for them. Like I'm not saying that marriages shouldn't have problems, but like when communication, which is like the, the fundamental pillar, it's like – High conflict, drama, not speaking. I don't like like teenage style. It's like I don't want it. Yeah. Like I don't. Yeah, and it's funny because as you said, like I mean, families, my family, like oh, but that's you know, you see us, and it's like exactly. Yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> I love you guys. Like, I mean, my heart is with you. Like I love you forever and ever, and you're my family, and I respect you, but. That is a value that I don't want to continue carrying over into my life. And if I was to ever have children, like I don't, also don't want to have the same. And it's it's complicated with parents, at least in my case. I don't know how it was for you. But when I told them I was getting a divorce, they were like, <sighs> my mom especially, like, but he's a good guy. And I'm like, I'm not saying he's not mom, but I am not happy. Um, and I understand that his happiness doesn't depend on, on him, but what's happening, it's not making me happy. It's not allowing me to be happy. I need to leave. I need to find my happiness within myself. And it's not in this marriage. It's not in this situation. And it took a while for her to understand and like open up and be like, okay. Finally, slowly, two years in, I was like, oh, I understand now. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> And if you don't, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. That's a big part that you just shared too. It's you have to make the decision for yourself. You know, it's, you can't make decisions based on other people's expectations because at the end of the day, you're empty, you're not happy, and you're just living somebody else's life. It's so, that's a big part of, you know, and, and again, we're, we're laughing through this, but it's really, it's a journey. How long would you say that it's taken to come to this? you know, some, we're a constant work in progress yeah. because we're still talking every day. And like, can you believe like, what, is there something I'm <laughs> still happened? not closing in this circle or loop because oh boy, what just happened? Yeah. Did I just, what again? Again. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but I think every, like I was speaking to someone the other day and it's like, it's like a spiral. 
But like every time the round goes around, it's it's getting smaller and smaller. So instead of like 10 years, it's like two years. Instead of two, it's like one year. Instead of one year, it's like two months. So like every time it gets smaller. And, and I think, I don't know how long it took me. I mean, to like the full on realization, I, I, I'm still working through a bunch of stuff from my first marriage. Uh, but I think, I think it took me about two years, two and a half to like fully comprehend. Cause obviously I feel for me at the beginning, it was a lot of shame and guilt for having been divorced. It was like, I had like a, like a sign in front of my forehead, like, oh, you're divorced. And it was like, yeah, I am like. Yeah, with 50% of the other people around. I know. And I mean, and like, aren't you? And the other 50 are probably not married by paper, but they have been in like longer relationships than I have. And the other half is probably like, I don't know, married, but unhappy. And with just dating because of the kids or X, Y, and Z. And there's just a very small, very small percentage of people that are really doing the work together to make it work. So, yeah, uh, it took a while for that shame to be put to the side and be like, own it for the decision that I made to stay um, single and on my own and getting out of a relationship that was not giving me anything. Um, And then it was just like rediscovering myself, I guess, was the next step of, oh, fun. This is what I like. This is what I don't like. This, I'm not sure yet. Um, and just experimenting and trying like different, I've lived in different places. I moved around, like I have zero attachment to places or anything really. So from Miami, moved to New York, New York, Barcelona, Barcelona, Madrid. And I move around a lot. So like for me, it's easy to meet people, but at the same time, it's harder to make full, full connections because I move so much. But the plus, the, the plus side of that is like, I think having been around so many people it it gives me like it's like oh I'm taking this I'm taking that like I like this I like that I don't like this put it to the side and I'm just constructing slowly all the things that I actually like on every relationship as you said friendships colleagues uh partners and yeah I'm I'm still working on through the circle of like what I like but uh it's been exciting. It's been like super fun to meet people obviously from all over the world. Um, and, and find myself within all these, like this different aspects of like what Nati actually likes and what she is in all of it. So So you be, the world becomes pretty much your mirror and, you know, ironic or no, you have a mirror right behind you, but, uh, the world becomes (laughs) your mirror to see what it is that you like. And, you know, that's, towards the end of I'll say like you know the past past two years it's really been what does Sarah want what is Sarah like doing and I realized for so long that I was wearing a cape that wasn't mine that was somebody else's expectation that yeah. was somebody else's you shoulds and you need to and pretty much just fueling somebody else's gas tank instead of my own. And it's like, imagine you're driving a car and you're constantly filling up somebody else's tank, but not your own. It's like, you putter out, even if you're running a Tesla. It's like, you, you got to stop, pause and, 
the the evaluation of is this what I want to be doing? That's where I came to the recognition. I'm like, five, ten years from now, what do I want to be doing? It ain't living like this. That's for darn sure. It's like <laughs> yeah. I want to story tell, but on a grand scale. I want to act. I want to do production. You know, like LA size productions, not scrapping by in you know the middle of Mexico. It's like that. There's I want to do big things. And it can be done in a variety of ways, but how things are operating, I can't even function in the day because there's so much toxicity, you know, and that's, it loops all back to what we said before. If that's what it was in the moment, then you don't necessarily have to stay friends because, I mean, you know, wherever that came from, it's like, if it works, great. And if it's a healthy severance, if not, sometimes you just have to throw out what was and go buy yourself a new darn pair of shoes, you know? Some things have just been worn. <laughs> Absolutely. Agreed. Agreed. I To go back to what you were saying, staying friends, I don't think it really makes any sense uh, for the most part. And I think also one thing that I've been learning a lot is like when you have a very big light, and you put a cover on it to stay, you know, silent or like, cause you're not owning that light. Cause you're like, Oh my God, it's shining too bright. It's shining too bright. I need to like cover it. Then everything around you becomes dark. Whereas when you allow that, you know, who you are, your essence, who you are to be shared with the world, then you will always attract the people that are supposed to be around you, whether again, it's whichever type of relationship it is. So staying friends, it might also keep you in that darkness of, of, of you. Like one part of you is always going to have that shadow that's not going to be able to shine fully, fully, fully if it's not healthy, obviously. And it's like, again, at what cost? Where it pulls you back. I agree. It'll pull you right back into, because it's a habit, you know, instead of yes. you break the habit, you got to. The spiral, I call it like a rubber band. It's like you got to strengthen your resilience and resist, resistance. There you go. And, you know, sometimes snap it and break free. And part of that is like we were talking about, like blocking. Uh, don't message back. Let the conversation die. And Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And never settling. Name of the podcast, you know. Exactly. We knew we could talk forever on this. I think we're going to get a lot yeah. of questions and comments in, so we can For do a sure. part two. And then we're going to have Natty back as well. Like I said, she's an incredible chef, and she's traveling around the world uh, – inspired by the food around her but she's also preparing and cooking food for others she has e-courses e-books um, we'll link all of that so i think that there's many more conversations to come but for now nathy thank you thank for you my here, darling for sharing so authentically as well because it's not easy to open up about things like divorce things like toxic relationships but thank you for doing so in such a, a grandeur day a grandeur day way there we go <laughs> coffee Sarah <laughs> no thank you and I think um, as you said we we share from the heart and I think that's probably the the best place to share um, if it helps anybody our story will help someone that's probably struggling through the same or doesn't know what to do or yeah we don't know we need to let the light continue shining with the capacity that we're given so 
we're here. <laughs> Yours does absolutely, which is what one of the biggest things that attracts me to you is your light. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Same to you. On that note of never settling in friendships, toxic relationships, and on this podcast, we'll pick it back up again soon. That wraps up today's episode of Never Settle. I want to thank you for tuning in. And again, a big thank you to Zencaster. If you'd like to try Zencaster and podcasting, you can use my code, which is linked below, for a three-month discount on your service. See you again on another upcoming episode of Never Settle.